Welcome to the Oxygen Mass Podcast. If you are here as a parent or caregiver, educator or grandparent, we are glad to have you listening. This program is geared for the autism parent, but we welcome and invite all who feel called to be here with us. I'm Tara and I'm your co-host along with my partner, Beth. The title of this podcast, The Oxygen Mask, is based on a metaphor. Just as you are instructed on an airplane to put on your own mask before helping others, we believe we need to practice helping ourselves as parents so we can best help our children. Hi, I'm Beth. At the beginning of each episode, we'll turn that metaphor, that symbol of an oxygen mask, into a concrete practice, pausing a few minutes each day to quiet our busy minds and breathe into our bellies provides a surge of stress-reducing neurochemicals. With practice over time, we actually build pathways in our brains that help reduce our stress response. So even if you hit play on this podcast about to enter multitasking mode, please take a moment of pause for yourself. Let's begin. Close your eyes softly and bring your attention to your feet as they contact the surface beneath them, rooting you to this moment. Roll your shoulders back. Let them settle in a strong, relaxed posture. Take a belly breath in through your nose. Feel the sensation of air in your nostrils, in the back of your throat. Exhale slowly. Notice your chest fall and your belly soften. Draw another deep breath into your belly. Envision the cool air swirling up across your forehead. Exhale, picturing the warm air going down the back of your neck and over your shoulders. Bring your attention to your face, your temples, your jaw. Take a final cleansing breath in. At the top of your in-breath, bend your elbows and softly place your hands on your hips. Exhale slowly, perhaps letting a smile curl the corners of your mouth. Hold this posture for a few seconds as you open your eyes. Again, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to the Oxygen Mask podcast. This is episode 11. I'm Tara and today we have a couple of guests on the pod to talk about mindfulness and parenting, which I'm very excited about this topic um, to discuss it further. Um, Beth, do you want to introduce our guests here today? Sure. So today we have Jen Ryder. She is a parent of a child on the spectrum. She's very active in our local arts community. Um, and she, this year, is a LEND Fellow, which we've talked about the fellowship on the program before. Um, it's Leadership, Education, and Neurodevelopmental and Related Disabilities at the University of Minnesota. Um, I'll include a link in the show notes if you want to learn more about that program. And then we also have Kate Biederman. She's the Clinical Supervisor of Occupational Therapy at St. David's Center and a Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach. And I'm here a lot today with my Communities Engaging Autism Executive Director hat on. So I've been in that leadership role for a couple of years, going on two years this spring. Um, And one of our programs that I really felt passionate about was the mindfulness program. So Jen is a past participant in our mindfulness program and a future facilitator. And Kate is one of our founding co-facilitators in Communities Engaging Autism's mindfulness base stress reduction class for parents of kids with special needs. 
I'm really, like I said, excited to talk about mindfulness um, because I think through the course of doing this podcast, we've hit on this theme many times kind of in subtle ways and, and just um, realizing that through our own parenting practices, some of the best ways that you can help your child is to be mindful. You know, we are often handed the diagnosis and no handbook to go along with it. And so, like, what can we do as parents to be our best selves? And that's what this whole podcast has always been about. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk a little more about that today. So we'll start with you, Jen. Um, and let's just start with why do you feel mindfulness is important? What, what does that mean to you? I think um, in the year that I've been practicing pretty deeply, it's caused me to reflect back on my parenting experience with Olivia. And when she was diagnosed 10 years ago, like you mentioned, there is no handbook. There is no clear road how to move forward. And so I just became enmeshed in doing all I could to get her the skills, get her the support, get her the help to thrive and be the best Olivia she can be. And so I was always looking to the future. I was always looking behind me saying, you know, what did I do to my pregnancy that Mm -hmm. maybe brought us to this point? What did I miss in the very early stages so that I could have gotten it just, bam, the earliest moment possible? And in my parenting journey with her over the years, I was so focused on let's meet this milestone or let's Mm -hmm. achieve this possibility that I just, I lost myself. Mm -hmm. And when we reached middle school I realized that I was very depressed and I needed to do something for me Mm. and so I found this program through CEA and it really changed everything for me so much so that I noticed um, when I was practicing mindfulness for a few weeks through the program I was sitting with my daughter and engaging and she likes videos and songs Mm and and I was just really in that moment with her. And because I wasn't calm and worrying about this therapy or this other thing I needed to do for her. And we were just enjoying the moment. Mm-hmm. And my calmness, my focus helped her focus and her calmness. And she was asking me questions. And we were really engaged in a meaningful way that was a true aha moment yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. That, yes, doing all these great warrior mama things are very vital and important. But also being present. Staying in the present as much as possible just improved my parenting Mm -hmm. and it brought me more ease and then Olivia was more ease and then because I was tuned into what I needed I also was able to pick up signals for maybe a meltdown or a stressful Mm -hmm. situation that I hadn't been seeing before Mm -hmm. so it was a really big revelation for my family yeah I think that's amazing too to I I, reflecting back on my own um, parenting I think we get kind of caught up in that future focus where we want to do all the things to help you know our kid and and we think that's being very productive and sometimes you know certainly there's a long list of to-dos and paperwork and things that have to be done but like staying very present is actually just as impactful as doing those you know I'm going to help by doing all the things and scrambling and hustling around so Mm -hmm. I like that perspective thank you so Kate you've been working with kids and families for years why does mindfulness sort of is work that you're um, oriented toward right now? It's so many things. Um, As I was reflecting about this, as a young adult, I was heading into occupational therapy. I knew I wanted to work with children, and I knew I wanted to live well. So I'm working as a pediatric OT, and I had my own children. I had three children, and I was really paying attention to how much, how many stressors there are for families, Mm -hmm. for kids, for children. Um, for parents, just a lot of stress and how, how can we best 
support that. You know, we can do what we can do in our therapies, but how can we support the families deeply? Mm -hmm. um, in this journey, I went through a graduate certificate program at the University of Minnesota for health coaching, learned a lot, was more deep. I knew of mindfulness. I was kind of in and out of it, mm -hmm. but learned about it more deeply. Then I went through some significant personal stressors, and that was the that was the push I needed to finally sign up for my first MBSR class. Um, and I did that, benefited greatly from it. So um, my intent when I went into the health coaching is to support families, um, to support their ability to handle their lives, to decrease their stress, to support parents and their ability to do that. So when Beth invited me into um, the facilitator role, for the MBSR for Parents of Kids with Special Needs program, it was an easy yes. And I have so deeply appreciated it. I've experienced in my own life how being present really doesn't, doesn't change the stressors that are in my life, but it changes my ability to pause and to respond to them better than to react to them. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah, very much a planner. I, Mm -hmm. And I was reflecting, I plan both out of some fear, I want to have control, but also out of grasping and striving. I want, to, I don't want to miss out on anything. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. in my mindfulness practice, I continue to get insights about that. I continue to feel those emotions and how they show up in my body and continue to learn the benefit of being present right now, not in the future, not in the past, mm -hmm. but to be present. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I want to back up just for a second because you mentioned MBSR. Can you explain what that acronym oh, is? Sorry. Or, no, that's okay. Um, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. Yeah. It is, um, was first developed by John Kabat-Zinn um, at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. It's mm -hmm. a very well-researched program, and Vanderbilt has adapted that, that curriculum for a curriculum specifically for parents of kids with special needs. Wow. And that's what we use in the CEA program. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So what I kind of wanted to ask was, since mindfulness is a pretty hot topic these days, it's in a lot of circles, um, you know, what is mindfulness exactly? And how does it, is it meditation? How does it differ? I think it's, it would be good to just kind of start there with an explanation of what it is. So I would quote John Kabat-Zinn um, again, he's, he's done so much research and development of mindfulness practices. And what he says is that mindfulness is awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally. So mindfulness is not the same as meditation, though meditation is, can be a form of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. But you can practice mindfulness, yes, in sitting meditation, Yes, you can practice it in moving meditation. Yoga can be a mindfulness practice. Walking can be a mindfulness practice. And you can practice it on the spot. Um, you can practice it in the moment um, as you're in a meeting, as you're with your family. You can be just really present in that moment, not in the past, not in the future, but present to what is, both to what what's going on, what you're feeling about it, what, you, what your body is feeling about it mm -hmm. and reacting to. Mm -hmm. Jen, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I do. For me, in my parenting journey, um, and what I learned in the class, is that you can start just very simply. 
So going into a therapy office, I scrunch my toes up in my shoes three Uh times, take three big breaths, Mm -hmm. and then I'm ready and in the moment. I've let go of whatever is behind me, in front of me. And then the other piece is a lot of of my friends who are on this parenting journey think about that as like, you know, going to the spa and Mm -hmm. going to doing some of those, like self-care and mindfulness are kind of interchangeable a little bit. And those are great things to do for yourself as a parent, but it's very different from mindfulness and um yeah because you can't go to the spa every day no i wish (laughs) but also i noticed too that um every morning i just take this beautiful mug i have and with my coffee and i just sit quietly and set an intention for the day Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is you know what's going to happen is what's going to happen and that has really set up my parenting in a positive way instead of like i'm going to worry about x but nope now i just think today is going to be what it is and just that little moment to get me going. I love that. And I love what Jen said about how she uses her body yeah. to anchor yeah. into the present moment. Mm-hmm. Because really, um, and this is an ongoing learning for me, but if we are truly sensing what our body is sensing, paying attention to those sensations, we are in the present moment. Mm-hmm. So Jen, you described so beautifully ways, strategies that you have to tune into your body that help bring you right here, right now, so that you can handle what's right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And with the regular practice, I've learned to listen to my body and nose. If I have tension in my shoulders, that's a definite signal to me that I'm worrying a lot about the future for mm-hmm. Olivia. Mm-hmm. And to just take a moment to just ground myself um, with some practices that we learned in the class or a little bit of yoga, which I've done for a lot of years. And it helps me go, okay, mm-hmm. now I can be back into this present moment. Interesting. Yeah, that's a... Great observation and maybe a tool that you know somebody listening can can mm-hmm. practice too. I was just this reminds me of um, we talk in the mindfulness class and I think some of the biggest learnings for me I think I first took it as a participant in 2015 and now I'm more involved in it now but just the habit and we talk about habit energies and where our minds go and I think. Um, I didn't even know I was going there. I didn't know I wasn't in the moment. I, you know, your, our brains just cycle and mm. and go and soon. And I guess where, from a parent perspective, where I had gotten myself with my brain way out from my body was essentially like huge muscle tension and headaches and pain that really stopped me from even doing basic day to day stuff at its worst. And, mm-hmm. and at its worst, and I just. Um, even after having taken a mindfulness class, I still pushed myself to that point. And so I just feel like it takes um, that consistency and I think that sense of community of knowing other people who are endeavoring down this thought experiment. That's what I thought of it as. Like, I don't truly believe I can let go of some of these issues, but I'm going to experiment with that idea because what I've been doing is not working. You know, it's just... Yeah, it's to me it sounds like some of the, like there's this talk like you mentioned self-care and I think that's kind of a hot mm-hmm. topic. But for some people, particularly parents that are already overtaxed, like to figure out how to fit in a bubble bath in a day is not practical, right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm liking some of these ideas of being mindfulness is something you can incorporate like you mentioned Kata uh, every day, mm-hmm. every moment, you know, wherever you are just being present. And and what I hear and what I have experienced is that the consistency that Beth talked about is the key. Mm-hmm. And even if that's three minutes a day, you know, it doesn't have to be 
20 minutes of sitting meditation, but if you can establish some consistency of the day, you begin to notice those habit energies. Mm-hmm. And you be, I begin to notice, oh, here, I'm doing this again, mm-hmm. and be able to sit with that and explore that. Mm-hmm. And so it's the, consi- it, in my belief, it's the consistency of practice, no matter how big or small, that really can make a difference and help us become aware, become self-aware. Mm-hmm. And I have to agree the consistency was critical for me. Um, Kate and Amy, the other facilitator with our program, you know, really stressed that they understood our situation and just to start in small pieces. Mm-hmm. So I would have <clears throat> have that morning moment mm-hmm. and then I found another moment for just that same kind of reflection just before Olivia's bus came and there's a moment right after dinner where I do the same thing and that's just two to three moments and mm-hmm. in those powerful three moments doing those every single day I started to notice these things and it's why I took the class a second time because they teach you a lot of different practices in the mindfulness realm because sitting meditation might not be for you right um, a little short one might not be for you but mm-hmm. qigong or a mindful walk mm-hmm. might be for you and to just be in community of parents that understand the journey and are learning to listen to their body and having it giving themselves the gift of having a tool that not only makes them better parents but take better care of themselves and just you find in my experience that it makes me a better friend a better mm-hmm. daughter right. a better it just mm-hmm. it slowly ripples out into something really powerful what I like you said too about um, setting it up in small pieces because I think baby steps that works well for me Um, but you also have these specific triggers um, Mm -hmm. that I think it's it's so hard to remember to do things and to add one more thing to my to-do list like I have to remember to be mindful right like it feels not mindful but I like the little trigger of like okay my morning coffee I'm going to do it in this way Mm -hmm. instead of you know the hurry up and drink it so I get fueled kind of way. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to have those triggers. So yeah, and that was what Kate and Amy were so great about teaching us. Just starting with the foundation. It's simple things and doing it daily mm-hmm. is what really helped. And I think the feedback that we had in community was the, the same thing. Like some people really found a sitting 20 minutes a day was what they needed. And other people like me, starting small was really so powerful. And we each had a similar experience and aha but just in different forms mm-hmm. of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So what other ways, uh, you had mentioned your daughter and, and how you had that experience with her and it made her calmer. What are some of the other results that you've maybe seen in your practice, Kate, with um, parents? Honestly, most of my work with direct teaching and mindfulness practice is through this course. And I'm going to pass it off to Jen in a minute because she will have lots of stories about that. Um, I do remember one of our participants who talked just in week two or three about going to the dentist with her two children and how her whole experience had shifted just because of the few practices she had gathered in those few weeks. Yeah. So that was, that was significant. Um, I do, though, a long time ago I went to a laughter yoga class with Sebastian Gentry hmm. and he said something just striking. I love yoga. I was actually, though, a not practicing mindful yoga. I was practicing striving yoga. Yeah, um, yeah. I was wanting. I was practicing competitive yoga. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, um, but what he said just struck me. He said laughter yoga did not change his life. It changed him. Mm. And that's my experience in the work that mm. I do in my own life and my friend's life when I work with the parents in the mindfulness class. I don't see that that people don't have 
less stress in their life. Their, their lives yeah. aren't smoother. They're just more equipped mm. and resourced and able to handle whatever comes. I love that. That's very empowering, too, because it's not saying that you can control the stressors in your life, but you can control the way you're reacting to them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's amazing. And, and that is, I just have to say, exactly what I found was true for me, that it didn't change any of the stressors. They're all there. Maybe it still doesn't sleep at night and all that stuff, but now I have these incredible tools that changed me, that I can feel in my own body when I need to do practice A or walk outside. But the thing I really love about what I've learned from mindfulness is what um, is my modeling taking care of myself has Mm -hmm. made Olivia realize, like, I love having all my mom's attention, but when she does this thing, she comes back and she's totally different. There's, I'll sit with her for longer. I will be more engaged and she's really noticing that change. So she's also coaching me. If I'm kind of getting into the future or looking in the past, she'll be like, mom, it's time for you to breathe again, which is what <laughs> oh, she calls so it. And so that's really happy and really powerful to for me to notice that she's noticing that I'm taking care of myself mm-hmm. like that. But also it's impacted her because she's asked for things like she really likes yoga. That really calms her. So she asked to go to yoga class and we found a private teacher that we go to once a month. And then she has tools that she's gaining that she practices that calms her down when mm-hmm. she's having some of these like anxieties and challenges Mm -hmm. and it's just been really powerful how that that flows and back to Kate's example there are a number of our of my cohorts in the group that realize that when their kiddo sees you practicing one one of our friends commented that her child started waking up at 5 a.m it's time to be mindful (laughs) and do some practicing together so just that just the added bonus of when your kiddos see you take care of yourself Mm -hmm. they value taking care of themselves too for sure and I think our kiddos are so such like emotional sponges that um they take on your like you Mm -hmm. mentioned being calmer they take that on from other people around them so yeah that's I think I just have to say I feel like early on in the diagnosis process and pre-mindfulness for me, I really thought I could like strive in the background or off his radar and I could, so I was just like trying to be both, both a fully present parent and very engaged and also kicking butt as an advocate and like getting all the bases covered. I mean, that's just where I went reflexively and, and that doesn't divide that way. You can't be, um, 120% in two directions or whatever. Um, and I think realizing that, because um, that, a lot of just our relationships with our kids and that trust, and we need to first be trusting in ourselves and non-judgmental of ourselves if we expect to authentically live that out with our kids. Anyway. And I think, too, looking, reflecting, if I'd had a practice like this in the early days, I don't know if I would have rushed so much into certain therapies or certain mm-hmm. certain ideas because I would have learned to kind of follow Olivia's lead and she did some things that made it really clear like yes OT is going to be a really great avenue from yeah. her mm-hmm. but you know what PT is not going to be something that's really benefit from mm-hmm. her but I was in you know, like you in such that moment to be a ma- amazing advocate and amazing mm-hmm. mom that I think I, I rushed her into things that then made her hesitant to try something that could actually work for mm-hmm. her. So mm-hmm. hindsight is right, whatever right. they say. But. Yeah. You know, it's funny though. I don't think I've experienced with my kids that sense of like 
calm. Like I haven't, I haven't even tried really lately to share my mindfulness practice with them. I'm just sort of trying to be regular myself, but my son will, he's strong in the judgment category, right? So he'll say, mom, you're being mindless. Like he knows, <laughs> he knows the word mindfulness so, well enough that he can identify when I'm being mindless. And that kind of puts the brakes on I just love that because my, the opposite of mindful is right, mindless. Mind- yeah, yeah, you kind of lose your mind sometimes, right? I think that's a very good observation by your, your young son. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is um, amazing information. And as a reminder, too, <clears throat> excuse me, Communities Engaging Autism has an ongoing mindfulness class. And so if you want specific instruction, then you can find out more information on the website at cea4autism.org. Um, it's been a delight to have both of you here today. Um, Beth, did you want to say anything else here? I think with the course, it's just really wonderful to be practicing with other parents, be naming your kind of habit energies and patterns and replacing them with some more restorative um, practices. And in that spirit, we'll have Kate share with us sort of an insightful quote that she has been struck by in the last few weeks. I'm going to read, um, read a little bit from a book called How to Relax by Thich Nhat Hanh. And I have to admit that as much as Beth says I have a strong mindfulness practice, I realized last fall that I had no idea how to relax. I was Mm -hmm. pushing hard to do lots of things. And so I saw this book and picked it up and recently read this this section called Letting Go of Worrying. Mm -hmm. Our practice is to learn to take care of the present moment. Don't allow yourself to be lost in the past or the future. Taking good care of the present moment, we may be able to change the negative things from the past and prepare for a good future. We tend to worry about what will happen in the future. The practice helps us to come home to the present moment, to our body, our feelings, to the environment around us. When we breathe in and breathe out mindfully, our mind is brought back to our body and we are truly there in order to take care of the present moment. If there's some stress, some tension in our body, we practice mindful breathing in order to release the tension, and that brings us relief. If there's a painful feeling in us, we use mindfulness to embrace our feeling so that we can get relief. The key point is that you are fully there in the present moment, in the here and now, to take care of yourself and what's happening around you. You don't think too much about the future or project too much about how it might be, and you're not trapped too much in the past. You have to train yourself to learn how to go home to the present moment, to the here and now, and to take care of that moment, to take care of your body and your feelings in this moment. As you learn how to be in the present moment, you'll gain faith and trust in your ability to handle the situation. You learn how to take care of your feelings and what's happening around you. That makes you confident. And as your confidence grows, you're no longer the victim of your worries. That's beautiful, Kate. Thank you so much. And um, thanks for taking a breath with us today on the Oxygen Mask. We invite you to sit with or walk, run, drive, or rest with today's conversation, mingling among the many things in your mind. What kernels of joy and reassurance did you find? Where did you feel a rub of resistance? 
Let us know so we can learn and grow together. You can comment and subscribe to the podcast at Communities Engaging Autism's website at www.cea4, that's the number four, autism.org. Share the podcast with members of your village to strengthen those essential connections. And above all, please secure your own oxygen mask before helping others.